0: Part Five of a Narrative of the Expedition to Dangala and senar by George Bethune English. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. On the twenty-fifth of the moon, I passed over to the eastern side of the river to purchase camels, as there were many buyers at this time from our camp. I did not find any good enough for the exorbitant price demanded. I passed the greater part of the day and the night following at the town of Noussredine in the house of one of the principal chiefs of the berbers he bears the title of malek as do all the distinguished chiefs of berber shageya and dongola their dignity is hereditary generally passing from father to son i have noticed that the families of the maleks exceed the common people in respect of stature and stoutness the malek in whose house i lodged a man about sixty years of age was near seven feet high and very stout his eldest son a young man about twenty-two years of age was about six feet four inches in stature stout and well proportioned i imagine that this superiority in size is owing to the circumstance that they eat well and heartily and have no work to do besides seeing that others work for them the family of this malek carried their hospitality towards me to a very extraordinary length for people professing islam I was offered by the mother and mistress of the house my choice of two of her daughters for a bedfellow. They were both young and the handsomest women I have seen in Berber, but married to husbands whose houses were at the other end of the town. When I understood this circumstance, I told the mother that a genuine Mussulman ought to regard lying with his neighbour's wife as a crime almost as bad as murdering him in his bed. Footnote thirty-six i feel myself however bound in conscience to tell the whole truth of this affair in perambulating about the town in the course of the day which was very hot i got affected by a coup de soleil which gave me a violent fever and headache i have strong suspicions that this circumstance acted as a powerful preventer stay to my virtue and enabled me to put the devil to flight on this trying occasion the mother of these damsels appeared to be edified by the discourse I made to her upon the subject of her proposal, but the young women plainly told me that I was Rajil Batal, that is, a man good for nothing. If they could have understood Latin, I should have told them quod cumque ostendis mihi sic invalidus odi. End of footnote. I am sorry to be obliged to say that though the Berbers are a quiet and industrious people, very civil and disposed to oblige all for whom they have any regard yet with respect to their women they appear to be unconscious that their conduct is quite irreconcilable with the precepts of the koran and the customs of their co-religionists they suffer them to go about with the face exposed to converse with the other sex in the roads the streets and the fields and if the women are accustomed to grant their favours to their countrymen as liberally and as frequently as they did to our soldiers i should imagine that it must be more than commonly difficult in this country for a man to know his own father footnote thirty seven the ordinary price of a virgin wife in berber is a horse which the bridegroom is obliged to present to the father of the girl he demands in marriage i remember asking a young peasant of whom i bought some provisions one day in berber why he did not marry he pointed to a colt in the yard and told me that when the colt became big enough he should take a wife End of footnote. on my return to camp i was amused on the way by a dispute in connection with this subject between the malek i have mentioned and a soldier it happened in the boat that brought me back to camp the boat was heavily laden and this gigantic malek was stepping into it when the soldier i have mentioned intimated a determination to exclude him calling him by several opprobrious names and among other terms a pimp upon this i checked the soldier telling him that this man was a considerable personage in his country and extremely hospital to the osmanlis this mollified the soldier and the moloch took a place as well as he could the moloch then addressed the soldier in a mild manner and asked him why he had bestowed such appellations upon one who was a mussulman as well as himself the soldier positively refused to allow the moloch's claims to this honourable appellation the chief demanded upon what grounds the soldier denied it because said the soldier the women of your country are all whores and the men all get drunk with boosa, araki and other forbidden liquors which you make out of dura and dates and turning to me he demanded whether he was not right the poor chief appeared to be much vexed that he was unable to reply to this accusation and remained silent the soldier not content with humbling the unlucky Moloch, pursued his advantage without mercy come said he to the chief i do not believe that you know anything about your religion and i will soon make you sensible of it he then asked the chief how many prophets had preceded mohammed if he knew anything about the history of dulcamein and gog and magog and many others of a similar tenor how to answer which the unfortunate malik was obliged to own his ignorance the soldier then told him that the commander of the faithful the chief of the mussulmans had authorized his vizier the pasha mehemet ali to set the people on the upper parts of the nile to rights and that now the osmanlis were come among them they would probably learn how to behave themselves footnote thirty eight the commander of the faithful this learned soldier somewhat surprised me on my demanding why he did not give the title of caliph to the padishah by answering that there had been no caliph since ali and that the padishah was only emir el mumanim that is commander of the true believers End of footnote the Moloch might however have had his revenge upon the edifying soldier had he known as well as i did that he had gone over to the town of nousreddin expressly to amuse himself with the women of the country and had doubtless paid as much attention to the Buza as the most sturdy toper in berber the country of the berbers after the best information i have been able to obtain is small not extending from the upper end of the third cataract more than eight days march in length on both sides of the nile the bahar el uswud or black river bounds it that is on the eastern bank on the south and separates it from the territory of Shendi. the cultivable land reaches generally to the distance of one or two miles from the river it is overflowed generally at the inundation and its produce is very abundant consisting in dura wheat barley beans cotton a small grain called duchan tobacco and some garden vegetables similar to those of egypt berber also raises great numbers of horned cattle sheep goats camels asses and very fine horses it is very populous the succession of villages being almost continued along the road on both sides of the river the houses are built of clay covered with a flat roof of beams overlaid generally with straw but the houses of the mollocks have generally terraced roofs of beaten clay. This manner of building is sufficient in a country where no great quantity of rain falls throughout the year. Some of the houses of the peasants are formed of trusses of cornstalks and placed side by side in a perpendicular position and lashed together with roofs of the same materials. All the people sleep upon bedsteads, as they do also in Dongola and Shigeia these bedsteads are composed of an oblong frame of wood standing on four short legs the sides of the frame supporting a close network of leathern thongs on which the person sleeps it is elastic and comfortable berber contains plenty of salt which the natives find in some calcareous mountains between the desert and the fertile land in its natural state it is found mingled with a brown earth with which the stone of those mountains is intermixed this earth the natives dilute with water which absorbs the salt and leaves the earth at the bottom they then pour off the water into another vessel and by exposing it to the sun or fire the water is evaporated and the salt remains the assemblage of villages which compose the capital of nusreddin contains houses enough for a population of five or six thousand souls but i do not believe that the actual population of those villages is so great the language is Arabic, perfectly intelligible to the natives of Egypt, but containing some ancient words at present disused on the lower Nile. For instance, the Berber calls a sheep, kebesh. Footnote thirty-nine: This word is Hebrew and signifies a lamb. End of footnote. As to the climate, the difference between the heat at two hours afternoon in the month of the vernal equinox and at an hour before sunrise has been as great as ten degrees of the thermometer of Romure, as I have been informed by one of the medical staff attached to the army who was in possession of that instrument. It is at present the commencement of spring, and the heat at two hours after midday, at least to the sense, is as great as in the month of the summer solstice in Cairo. I have seen no ferocious animals, either in Berber or the country below, and believe that they are rare fifth of regeb the camp continues in berber awaiting the arrival of the remainder of the cannon ammunition provisions and troops from the boats of the cataract the reason why these have not been transported hither before this time is the want of camels a large part of the camels attached to the army having perished by reason of having been overfatigued by the pasha's forced march over the desert and up the country of berber a considerable number of camels have been obtained from Berber and sent to the cataract, and more are expected to arrive from Shendi, to which place the Divan Effendi has accompanied the chief of that country when he left our camp, in order to receive them. Abdin Kachef departed two days past for Dongola with his division. He is charged by Mehmet Ali with the government of the country between the second and third cataracts. Footnote 40 abdin kacheff is a very brave and respectable man of about fifty years of age he treated me with great politeness and consideration he distinguished himself greatly at the battle near korti fighting his way into the mass of the enemy and out again twice or thrice on that day End of footnote twelve hundred men under the command of ibrahim kacheff are said to be on the way to replace the vacancy left in our camp by the departure of abdin Kachef. They are expected to arrive in a few days, if not delayed by the sickness of Ibrahim Kachev, who, it is said in the camp, is dangerously ill on the road. Seventh of Regeb This day Nusreddin, the Malek of Berber, came to kiss the hand of the Pasha. He had been prevented from paying his homage to the conqueror heretofore by sickness. He brought with him, as a present to the Pasha, fifty fine horses and fifty dromedaries of prime breed. HE WAS WELL RECEIVED BY HIS EXCELLENCE, AND HIS PRESENTS WERE RETURNED BY THE PASHA BY OTHERS OF GREAT VALUE. NUSRADIN IS A VERY TALL AND VERY LARGE MAN, ABOUT SIXTY YEARS OF AGE. TWO DAYS AFTER, HAVING OCCASION TO GO TO THE OTHER SIDE OF THE RIVER, I FOUND NUSRADIN UPON THE SHORE, awaiting THE ARRIVAL OF A BOAT TO CARRY HIM AND SOME OF HIS CHIEFS OVER. I PAID HIM SOME COMPLIMENTS RELATIVE TO THE HANDSOME HORSES HE HAD PRESENTED TO THE PASHA, WHICH PLEASED HIM CONSIDERABLY. He invited me to come to his house and partake of his hospitality. I told him, if circumstances would admit it, I would visit him in a few days. From the 10th of Regeb to the end of the moon, nothing worth notice took place, except the successive and gradual arrival of the remainder of the cannon, ammunition, stores, and troops from the cataract, which had been left there when the pasha quitted it for want of camels to transport them footnote forty one cannon in order to save the artillery horses for the exigencies of battle the cannon were drawn by camels from the third cataract to senar and the horses were led harnessed by their respective guns ready to be clapped on if necessary i venture to recommend the same procedure in all marches of artillery in the east End of footnote. on the last day of the month arrived the cavalry of ibrahim kacheff from egypt consisting of four hundred excellent horsemen one thousand infantry were yet far distant but on their way to join us ibrahim kacheff is at wadi halfa severely sick on the second of the moon shaban shortly after the hour of afternoon prayer the signal was fired and the tents fell we mounted our snorting horses now lusty from long repose and commenced our march to traverse the famous country of the ethiopian shepherds at present subject to the malek of shendi we arrived opposite shendi by easy marches in eight days and encamped on the west side of the river near a very large village called shendi el garb that is shendi on the west bank our route from berber led us through a country consisting of immense plains of fertile soil extending many miles from the river and mostly covered with herbage mountains or hills were rarely visible footnote forty two the other side of the river at least as often and as far as we could see it presented the same appearance the only mountains we saw on the other side of the river were those of atar baal at the foot of which they lie near the river about three days march north of shendi are as i have learned to be seen the ruins of a city temples and fifty-four pyramids this i am inclined to believe was the site of the famous mero the capital of the island of that name the territory in which these ruins are found is in fact nearly surrounded by rivers being bounded on the west by the nile on the south by the rivers rat and dander and on the north by the bahar el oswud all these three rivers empty into the nile end of footnote we passed many large villages most of which stood far off from the river to be out of the reach of the inundation the houses of these villages particularly as we approached shendi were generally built with sloping roofs of thatched straw which indicated that this is a country visited by the rains we hardly ever during our march came in view of the river except to encamp we found it at this season narrow and shallow though its bed was frequently a mile and a half broad at every halt we made the chiefs of the country came to salute the pasha and seemed to be well disposed toward the army whose conduct was very exemplary On the ninth of the moon I visited the town of Shendi-el-Garb in the rear of our camp. It is large and well built in comparison with the other villages I have seen on the upper Nile. It contains about 6,000 inhabitants and has three marketplaces where the people of the country exchange dollars and dura for what they have need of. Our piastres they disliked, being ignorant of their value, but sometimes received them for fowls, vegetables, butter and meat, and for dura, but for wheat they demanded dollars. On the tenth of the moon I went to Shendi on the east bank, which is the capital of the country. I traversed the town with some surprise. The houses are low, but well built of clay. Large areas walled in for the reception of the merchandise brought by the caravans are to be seen in various parts of the town, which is large, containing probably five or six thousand inhabitants. The streets are wide and airy regular market-places are found there where beside meat butter grain and vegetables are also to be purchased spices brought from jidda gum arabic beads and other ornaments for the women footnote forty three butter the butter of the countries on the upper nile is liquid like that of egypt that however which they use to anoint themselves is of the colour and consistence of european butter we use the latter in preference in our cookery End of footnote. the people of shendi have a bad character being both ferocious and fraudulent great numbers of slaves of both sexes from abyssinia and darfur are to be found here at a moderate price a handsome abyssinian girl selling for about forty or fifty dollars the chief of shendi the same who had come to our camp in berber has done his uttermost to promote a good disposition in his people toward the asmanlis and has made the pasha a present of several hundreds of very fine camels within the last two days his house is not built of better materials than those of his people and differs from them only in being larger shendi stands about half a mile from the easterly bank of the river its immediate environs are sandy it derives its importance solely from being the rendezvous of the caravans of senar in the neighbouring countries going to mecca or egypt the territory belonging to the chief of shendi is said to be very large but by no means peopled in proportion to its extent footnote forty four it includes a great part of the ancient isle of Meroe. he can however in conjunction with the malek of Halfia bring into the field thirty thousand horsemen mounted on steeds probably as beautiful as any found in any country in the world on the fourteenth of the moon some soldiers who went to a village in the neighbourhood of the camp to get their rations of dura from the magazine in this village which had been formed there by its chief for the service of the army were insulted maltreated and two of them killed outright with lances and others severely wounded by the inhabitants On the news of this outrage reaching the camp, the soldiers took arms, and mounted, to proceed to this village with the full determination to revenge the death of their comrades in the severest manner. In five minutes nearly all the camp was upon the march for this village, when the pasha sent orders to stop them and leave the affair to him. It was, however, impossible to prevent the greater part of them from proceeding to the village which they pillaged and destroyed sacrificing to their fury many of its inhabitants the plunder which they brought back was however seized by the selectar and by the pasha's orders restored to its owners the conduct of his excellence on this occasion was highly laudable while it must be confessed that that of the soldiers was not much to be blamed dura a miserable pittance of dura scarcely sufficient to support nature was all that was required from the people of these countries, money free, and this in the instance mentioned was refused by a people whose chief had already granted it, a people absolutely within our power and who extorted from the starving soldiery enormous prices for everything they sold us, and who frequently refused to sell us anything at all, with great ferocity and insolence on the fifteenth of the moon at two hours before sunset the signal was fired and the camp of the pasha rose to commence its march for senar we marched till midnight and reposed as usual on the bank of the river till about the same hour of the afternoon of the sixteenth of the moon when we pursued our march for five hours and halted by the river we stayed here till the eighteenth in the afternoon in order to obtain three days rations for the horses from the villages in the neighbourhood which are numerous and large as the country through which our route would lie for that time is destitute of inhabitants and cultivation it was on the sixteenth that malek shous the chief of the fugitive shageyes who had fled as the army approached up the country came at length to the camp to surrender himself to the discretion of the pasha he addressed the pasha as i have been informed as follows i have fought against you to the utmost of my means and power and am now ready if you will to fight under the orders of my conqueror the courage this man had shown in battle and his firmness in adversity had engaged the respect of the Osmanlis, and he is as graciously received by the pasha who created him a bimbashi and received him his companions and followers into his service moloch shous is a large stout man of a pleasing physiognomy though black of about forty years of age and was considered as the greatest warrior among the people of the upper nile who all stood in awe of him footnote forty five moloch shous on learning that the moloch of shendi had made his peace with the pasha threatened to attack him on this it is said the moloch of shendi called out twenty thousand men to line the easterly bank of the nile to prevent the approach of shos shos however had the whole country of shendi on the western side entirely under his control before our arrival he and his cavalry devouring their provisions and drinking their booza at a most unmerciful rate on our approach he went up opposite halfya where the country on the western shore is desert he demanded of the chief of halfya to supply him with provisions on his refusal shous in the night swam the river with his cavalry fell upon the town of halfya by surprise and ransacked it from end to end and then repassed the river before the chief of halfya could collect a force to take his revenge the cavalry of shous in the course of the campaign have swam over the nile five times both horse and man are trained to do this thing inimitable i believe by any other cavalry in the world Shouus, since his joining us has rendered very important services to the pasha as he is thoroughly acquainted with the strength resources and riches of all the tribes of the nile from the second cataract to senar and darfur his horse's feet are familiar with the sod and sand of all these countries which he and his freebooters have repeatedly traversed on our march from berber to shendi i ran some risk of falling into his hands as shows was continually prowling about in our neighbourhood from the time of our quitting berber two nights before we reached shendi i stopped on the route at a village to take some refreshment letting the army go by me about an hour and a half after i mounted my horse to follow the troops but owing to the state of my eyes i missed my way after wandering backwards and forwards to find the track of the troops about two hours after midnight I descried the rockets always thrown aloft during our night marches to direct all stragglers to the place where the pasha had encamped. I put my horse to his speed and arrived there a little before dawn. End of footnote. The 19th, 20th, and 21st of the moon were employed in traversing the naked country before mentioned, which is barren, rocky, and without cultivation. We marched for three days from the middle of the afternoon till midnight it was not till the second hour after midnight however of the third day that we arrived at a country on the border of the nile containing several villages where we remained till the middle of the afternoon of the twenty-first on our arrival at these villages the darkness and severe hunger engaged several of the soldiers to take by force sheep and goats from the inhabitants the officers of the pasha vigorously interposed to prevent this infraction of the orders of his excellence and several of the guilty were severely punished for taking forbidden means to gratify the demands of nature at the hour of afternoon prayer the signal was fired and the camp proceeded onwards we left the villages aforementioned and passed through a sandy tract covered with bushes and the thorny acacia which embarrassed our march and by occasioning several detours caused the army to lose its way after wandering about till midnight the camp at length arrived on the bank of the nile on the twenty-second at the rising of the moon the camp proceeded and halted in the forenoon on the beach of the river opposite halfya a very large village on the easterly bank we stayed here till the twenty-sixth to obtain dura from this territory whose chief brought as a present to the pasha some fine horses and many camels and received in return some valuable presents our side of the river is desert and covered with trees and bushes during our stay opposite halfya the nile on the night of the twenty third rose suddenly about two feet and inundated some parts of the sandy flats where we were encamped the water entering the tents of several my own among others and wetting my bed arms and baggage footnote forty six during the night of the twenty second i received an order from the pasha to proceed the march of the troops and pick out a spot near halfya to encamp his army on in the european manner mr cayot was requested to accompany me in this duty mr cayot candidly told me that he was not a military man and left the affair entirely to me i chose a fine position on the river about two miles above halfya in the rear of which was plenty of grass for the horses and camels the pasha however did not choose to come so far but pitched his camp on the low sand flats before Halfya, near which there was no grass for the camels, who, during the five days following, perished in great numbers. He had undoubtedly his reasons for this, among which not the least important was to be near enough to Halfya to have the town within reach of his cannon, as the Moloch of Halfya had not as yet submitted. The Pasha, however, had liked to have had serious cause to repent of having taken this position when the river rose and threatened to inundate his camp. Luckily, it did not reach the ammunition. Otherwise, we should probably have been left without the means of defending ourselves. This overflowing of the Nile was occasioned by the rise of the Bahar el-Abiud, which, this year at least, commenced its annual augmentation nearly a month sooner than the Nile. End of footnote it had risen a little shortly after the equinox while the army was in berber and afterwards subsided more than it had risen we find the sky every day more and more overcast distant thunder and lightning accompanied with violent squalls which have overset my tent twice are within a few days frequent and drops of rain have fallen in our camp on the twenty sixth at one hour after noon we proceeded to the bahar el abiud about five hours march above our present position where the pasha intends to cross into the territory of senar the camp arrived at sunset at a position a little above where the nile falls into the bahar el abiud and stopped immediately on my arrival i drank of this river being probably the first man of frank origin that ever tasted its waters the nile is not half as broad as the bahar el abiud which is from bank to bank one mile higher than where the Nile joins it, about a mile and a quarter in breadth. It comes as far as we can see it from the west-southwest. The Nile of Bruce must, therefore, after the expedition of Ismail Pasha, be considered as a branch of a great and unexplored river which may possibly be found to be connected with the Niger. On the 27th, early in the morning, the pasha commenced transporting the army over the bahar el abiud by means of nine small boats which had been able to pass the third cataract and follow the army the country on our side of the bahar el abiud is uncultivated and apparently without inhabitants the army is encamped by the side of the river on a beautiful plain of good soil extending a considerable distance back towards the desert during the inundation this plain becomes evidently an island as there is a channel worn by water in the rear of it at the season dry. The tracks of Hippopotamus are found throughout this plain. By the twenty-ninth in the afternoon, that is, in two days and a half, the pasha had finished transporting into Senar the whole of his camp, consisting of about six thousand persons, with the artillery, ammunition, tents, baggage, horses, camels and asses, by the aid of nine boats, none of them large, an expedition i believe unparalleled in the annals of turkish warfare footnote forty seven the troops of shous and the abadis swam their horses and dromedaries over the river kogia Ahmed, one of the chiefs of the army in endeavouring to imitate the cavalry of shageya lost seventy horses and some soldiers the rest of the horses and camels of the army were taken over by arranging them by the sides of the boats with their halters held in hand by the people in the boats. Another large portion of our horses and camels was taken over by the Shegeyas and the abides, who fastened at the breast of each horse and over the neck of each camel of ours, so carried over, an empty water-skin blown up with air, which prevented the animal from sinking, while their guides swam by their sides and so conducted them over. End of footnote. During our stay on the other side of the Bahar-el-Abyud, it was reported in the camp that some of the Moghrebin soldiers, gone out to shoot gazelles, had killed in the desert, which lies off from the river, an animal resembling a bull, except that its feet were like those of a camel. I did not see this animal, but the story was affirmed to me by several. The army, on its crossing the Bahar-el-Abyud, encamped on the point of land just below which, the bahar-el-abyud and the nile join each other the water of the bahar el Abiud is troubled and whitish and has a peculiar sweetish taste the soldiers said that the water of the bahar el Abiud would not quench thirst this notion probably arose from the circumstance that they were never tired of drinking it it is so light and sweet the water of the nile is at present perfectly pure and transparent but by no means so agreeable to the palate as that of the Bahar-el-Abyud, as I experimented myself, drinking first of the Bahar-el-Abyud, and then walking about two hundred yards across the point, and drinking of the Nile, the water of which appeared to me hard and tasteless in comparison. Nothing of the kind could be easier than to ascend the Bahar-el-Abyud from the place where we are. A kanja, well manned and armed, and accompanied by another boat containing provisions for four or six months, and both furnished with grapnels to enable them at night to anchor in the river, might, in my opinion, ascend and return securely, as the tribes on its borders have great dread of firearms and will hardly dare to meddle with those who carry them. We stayed on the Sennar side of the bahar el abud till the first of Ramadan, when the army commenced its march for Sennar, the capital, proceeding by the bank of the Nile. Footnote 48 the same day that the camp marched from the bahar el Abiyud, mr cayot and mr frediani embarked in the boats to go to senar by the river in order to have an opportunity of visiting the ruins of soba which lie on the east side of the nile not far above from its junction with the bahar el Abiyud. when these gentlemen rejoined us at senar they informed me that almost the very ruins of this city have perished they found however there some fragments of a temple and of some granite statues of lions the city itself they said had been built of brick this city of soba probably takes its name from saba the son of cush who first colonized this country which is called in the hebrew bible the land of cush and saba see genesis ten seven see the references in a concordance to the hebrew bible under the heads of cush and saba if there were any pyramids near Saba I should believe it to be the ancient meroe because Josephus represents that the ancient name of meroe was Saba nam Saba urps adem fuisse perhibitur quae a meroe inoxorus honorem dicta est quoted from Eichem's edition of sim hib lex artic Samich bet aleph It was impossible for me to ask of the pasha liberty to accompany the gentleman above mentioned, as a battle was expected in a few days between us and the king of Senar, from which I would not have been absent on any consideration. End of footnote End of part five